Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate in 2003 nike signed 13 year old freddie adu to a seven-figure contract but freddie didn't live up to the hype he is turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan. Gentlemen, we have a match preview pod. Obviously, you know that as a listener if you're listening to it live because it's out on a Friday. Uh, Funny, though, Dan, apparently we're putting out, quote, too much content and people have to listen on one and a half and two times just to get through it all. Well, the interesting thing is I I know that at least, and maybe this is true for you too, Nick, I slow down how I speak on the podcast. And so if they ever were to meet me in real life, this was the question is like, oh, it would sound slow if they ever met us in person. But in general, I think listening to us at 1.5 is just how we would talk to them in real life. I agree with you, Dan. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to mute him the rest of the show. Uh, yeah, but apparently too much content. Look, we're going to have to keep it going. All right. This is December. All right. This is the shit show month. This is when Chelsea play more matches in one month than they do the previous three. So you just uh, got to buckle in. December, universally known as the shit show month. Look, you got holidays. You got way too many matches. I mean, it, it's hard to keep up. You got, COVID-19. You got holiday parties at, at work that. that we're not doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Holiday Zooms. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Not the same. All right. Well, look, it, it is obviously the Everton match preview and what we're going to be talking about. No, 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 Dan. I'm not going to do what we're going to talk about. All right. Well, you know we start episodes off appropriately oh. with the three-word match preview. All right. Not a review, a preview. A preview? You mean previews? Also known as. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the way you know, we we use we describe the word. Anyway, there were a couple of good ones that we had mm-hmm. previewing the match. Our boy Big Nash with Battle of the Blues, you know, the Everton versus Chelsea. You had our friend Shane with James Eats James. James Eats James. James Eats James. 
We had Kevin with Torch the Toffees, which I like that okay. one there. We had uh, Sahil with Turbo Tebow Hattrick. Your tweet to whomever the powers are that impacted the universe, because that would be wonderful. And then Connor with a Welcome Back Carlo, which actually we're going to visit them, So, but I get the intent. Yeah, well, welcome back to Facing Chelsea. Maybe you're welcome back to Reunite. I, don't, I went with Fun Uncle Carlo, too. All right, like... That, those are the days. You know, Uncle Carlo came in. We stopped defending. We attacked with 10, scored about five goals a match, gave up three and a half. I mean, good, good times. When the double under him, I think, I think actually Nick Roman is on record saying that's the manager he wish he hadn't have sacked. I can yeah. see it. I like, I think we were all, you know, thinking back to those days as a, as a younger Chelsea fan. I think that was a, it was a hard one to take because, Probably played our best attacking football under Carlo. It was up I mean, there. Tough to say. Like I, I remember watching those those clips of Anelka and Drogba and Lampard. And it's just like you forgot how good Anelka was, and then you forgot how good Drogba was distributing the ball that season, and then you forgot Kalu chipped in with some goals, and Lampard was there, and it's like holy hell, man, that team was just a. A ridiculous nightmare for teams. So yeah, I Mourinho one would have to be his biggest regret, I would assume. But Carlo is probably second. I don't know. Anyway, that's not the point of this. Yeah, your three word match please. preview. No, no, no. I just passed it to him really quick. Oh, all right. because he didn't fill it in. Anyway, so mine yep. is that the festive fixtures kick off. You know, this is the point of the season, as you alluded to, Brandon, where we start going uh, hot and heavy with the matches. Uh, we have a match now from this point to January 2nd, every 3.7 days on average. So and we also then have the wonderful turnaround over this. And then three days later, we play Wolves. And then you have the Boxing Day into two days later playing Aston Villa. So strap in. Get ready. It's here. Uh-huh. OK, it's just kicked off. We played three matches in 10 days in this month already. Like this, this roller coaster has started, Dan. I'm going to need you to update. The kickoff has kicked off. We are in the midst of straight warfare. Nick, did what they do you not? Have? I'm sorry. Actually, hold up. Hold up. Dan, I apologize. I'm sorry for picking on you. <laughs> I'm sorry for being mean. Yeah, wow. You, 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 you have to clue in like why you would even say that. You can't wow. just like drop I was it. accused of bullying Dan on recent podcasts. Which is 100% true, but we do it out of love. We do it out of love. Anyone listening would know that. Dan gives me shit. I get Brandon shit for looking like Kermit's alter ego in that in that one meme. And then we all give Dan shit because it's just so goddamn fun to do, you know? Well, I apologize. The floor is yours. The fixture list has just kicked off. I retract yeah. my statement. Nick? What's, what's scary Thank about you. Dan is Dan's not actually strapped into the roller coaster he might be hanging off the side because he wasn't <laughs> properly prepared it's gonna be a great photo yeah that uh, there you go bruce there's your inspo uh i'm going uh to be uh going with goodison to go goodison oh, to go getting your three points to go huh look uh as as the crunchwrap supreme once was oh. we're good to go okay all right. So anyways, what we're going to be discussing is whatever Dan wants, as well as Everton's current form and how their season is going, how Chelsea and Lampard will approach the match given the start of 
the fish festive fixtures and a condensed schedule because the festive fixtures have just started. And the likely 11s, the Everton player <laughs> we are most concerned about and hilariously incorrect score predictions will have all of this. Are we calling them incorrect score predictions now? I love that. I mean, like, let's just let's call it that. That way it's not we're as serious. setting expectations we're owning it. appropriately. All right. If you want detailed analysis of prediction lineups, you best go find something else. Yeah, you're not. Maybe Chich, who absolutely nailed it last week, by the way. Marco, for all the betting advice that you could ever need. Definitely worth following Marco. Not officially sanctioning it, but he's also right all the time. Yeah. (laughs) You just kind of got to put two and two together. So anyway, it's time for some gratitudes. Patreon, Kendall and Alex, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Patreon. I hope you're in the Discord. If not, hit me up. Uh, the rest of the Discord gifts and rewards are going out this weekend in case you are missing it. Dan, you got some on the Apple Podcast. Yeah, three five-star Apple Podcast reviews. Thank you so much for dropping that five-star love. Anyway, if you want to get a shout-out at the beginning of the next episode, drop a five-star review now. Actually, one of these individuals even said they typically listen on Spotify, but they did us a solid. They jumped on the Apple Podcast for the day. They left the five-star review, so super thank you for that. But we have to thank... Chance 1515, the big Z Dog 21, and then Sam J. Anderson 17, all leaving five star views on Apple Podcasts. Big Z Dog. Obviously, doing yourself a little bit of a favor getting that shout out. You know what I mean? Spotify doesn't enable these, so we, we can't do it. It's on them, not us. Uh, lastly, Nick, uh, Merch Madness is officially kicked off. I saw the tracking, I got gifts coming. That's right. Uh, first, Merch Madness purchases are out the door. Boston Blues, we, we purchased your mugs. We already have your scarves because we were up there for the uh, final whistle on hate match last year. We already got your scarves. You guys have already, we already took care of that. But the mugs, now we're going to use the hell out of those. Like coffee, Irish coffee during the holidays. My, my Baileys might go in there. Who knows? Plenty of possibilities. Now, next up on the list, LA has now sent us some stuff that we're going to buy. So hoodies to our dear gentleman here with the hoods on. Um, we're also going with the Bayou City Blues. They have a, uh, a actually a charity shirt that we're going to partake in and, and send funds to a lovely charity. That's a great idea. Bayou City Blues, killing it. Uh, Austin Blues, they're, uh, they're back, and I love those guys, so we're going to purchase some stuff from them. And we have a couple others as well, but we need more links. We need more PayPals. We want to send you money in exchange for goods, and uh, we'll make that happen. Uh, then final note, because I've been dragged in our own discord by a tremendous amount of people. That's why I don't show up there. You guys are so mean to me. Um, kidding. Uh, but our merch, as you might expect is delayed. (laughs) See what happened was, uh, I had, I had some inspiration and then we did eight pods last week and Bruce got sidetracked on some of the design stuff. So Look, I'm not blaming Bruce at all. I'm blaming me. But it's also mostly um, just a timing thing. So believe me, as soon as it's ready, you guys will be the first to know. I apologize uh, for the delay. That's me. We are on it. We've said that before. Let's pretend like we're not on it. And then when when we show you something, it's like, oh, wow, we're surprised, you know? Gotcha. Back to setting expectations. Understood. Set them real low. Low. The thing is, we're not like Disney and Marvel today with the announcements, right? We're not like that level or caliber. So we just please, you know, recalibrate your expectations appropriately. (laughs) 
I know you guys all think that we're like Disney and Marvel. I get it. You know, we produce great content, the both of us. Uh, both are blockbusters, really. Um, but turns out they have a little bit more in terms of a, a bankroll to uh, employ people uh, than we do. So it's a fun note about the differences between us and Marvel, per se. All right. Well, setting Brandon smarts. did not listen to one word of the rant that I just went on. Look I don't need to. We we discussed. We're on the same. I'm actually looking for my my Bayou <laughs> City Blues DM so I can figure out where the hell my membership is because I want to be in the club. All right, Houston. Oh, I want in the club. I'll deal with it. All right. Brand, look. Is there housekeeping we can get to and then with maybe yeah. you a match? We're, it's time to keep the house. We have a four pod week coming in next week. So clear your calendars. Ooh. Clear your podcast libraries. It is coming in hot. We got the Everton match review and a tiny Wolves preview since it's going to be turnaround real quick. And we got Simon Johnson coming back after a bit of a hiatus. So we're excited to have him from The Athletic joining us again. Uh, Then we'll have a a Wolves match review per usual. We're going to sprinkle in a little Matt Loss special and then finally preview the West Ham Hammers uh, and see what they're doing. Uh, Absolute just... Kind of, kind of up in the table, but then, but then they go back down the table, and then, yeah, I don't know what Moyes is doing, but we're going to talk about that and see where they're at. So, anyways, uh, big week coming at us. So, again, clear everything out of your podcast apps. Just get ready for us. We're coming in hot. All right, examining Everton. You guys, like the alliterations, are almost too much on this podcast. I think we got to be careful here. Uh, as we look ahead, we usually start these match previews with looking at the opposition. And then we mm-hmm. kind of talk about how Chelsea can negate it. So as that stands, they've played 11 this season. If you remember, first in the league at the beginning of the season, flying high, couldn't put a foot wrong. Well, the, the, they slipped a little bit, all right? They've won five, lost four, scored 20, conceded 18, only one clean sheet, but that's also because I don't rate Pickford for much of anything. Um, hmm. th- the way you look at it is they're scoring just under two goals a match. Again, they're giving up almost the same, which is why their their goal difference is, is quite poor. 1.82 to 1.64. So it's tight. The thing with it, Dan, is they have quite a few injuries, right? So um, the fact that an informed, strong Everton look really good, but we haven't really seen that informed strong Everton in in quite a few weeks actually like five weeks to be honest <laughs> well yeah well, that, that's the thing to keep in mind is that the first four matches right you're talking about they're flying high they win all four of those even though some were particularly close but since then their record has been one win two draws four losses and that's included like a one nil loss to Everton a 3-1 loss to Europa League finalists, potentially. 1-0 no uh, loss to Everton, as Everton? Uh, sorry, 1-0 no loss to Leeds. Uh, nah, a 3-1 loss to Man United, uh, you know, your potential uh, Europa League finalist. And, you know, <laughs> barely beat Fulham, 3-2. Burnley, 1-1 draw that they had to kind of rescue and pull pull out from behind. Uh, and then Newcastle. You know, they uh, got beat 2-1. So, I mean, there's just a, a trend of really bad results for Ancelotti's side. There are those injuries. You know, Digne is out for a long period of time. And Pickford has been, you know. Pickford. Uh, what, 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 Pickford has been Pickford. Not great. All right. The only person who rates Jordan Pickford is Gareth Southgate at this moment in time. Look, so far, like in the, in the recent run, Dan, um, as you were kind of running through, 
Nick, I think their best result of late is 2-2 against Liverpool. The problem with that result is it was marred in controversy, and mm. you kind of chalk it off as a Merseyside derby. So if it takes a Merseyside derby tearing Virgil van Dyke's ACL and controversy everywhere with VAR, I, I actually kind of feel okay. And it, it cannot be stated enough that that match was seven weeks ago come Saturday. So, you know, to Dan's point, they, they have not been on a good tear. They started quickly. They've, they've cooled off significantly. They do have issues. I mean, they have issues with injuries. We'll, we'll get to that in a, in a bit. Um, they have issues with their, their side becomes disjointed against the counterattack really easily, which is odd considering some of the defensive midfielders that they have in their team, which is, it just doesn't strike you as something that should happen. And they haven't been playing the free-flowing attacking football since Hamas got hurt in October. And so it makes you wonder, Dan, is this a thing that will continue? Is this downward trajectory something that they can continue or are they due for a good match? And it's, of course, it's going to be against us. Well, it's the real question for Ancelotti and answer. And, you know, he's kind of experimented with a uh, 3-4-3 mm-hmm. uh, over the past matches, has played also 4-3-3. And so it'll be interesting to see just how this team does decide to line up. I think you are looking at you know, uh, Calvert-Lewin and his successful start to the season, you know, he is still scoring, right? That has been kind of the one constant for this side, 11 goals so far for the season. You look at Richarlison is, you know, the second highest chance creator, big chance creator on the side. So they do have firepower. And what's probably maybe the most concerning thing for them is actually the total, you know, they, the total number of goals that they are kind of continuing to, it's really, if you take DCL out of it, they have a pretty pitiful record. So that's what I would just maybe keep in mind is that their their attack looks better on a raw number standpoint. But when you start to dig into it and you say, okay, well, wait a minute, 11 of those goals have come from one player. Whereas our team is a little bit more distributed right now across, you know, the, and, and it's coming from all different places, right? It's coming from the front and the back. You're getting Zuma and Werner contributing goals, not just, you know, the, uh, you know, one player. I think that was a big one for me, right? Obviously, Calvert-Lewin is is an absolute threat this season. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got 11 goals out of their entire 20, 3, 4, 5, <laughs> 6, 9. He's got 11 of their 20 goals right now, yes. so 15.5%. Um, it all goes through him. Uh, he hasn't even started every match. It's kind of hot, cold. Um, as I was doing on-the-fly research of Everton, just as a club in general, I find this very interesting. One... Tim Howard, all-time appearance leader, so go America. Uh, but two, their all-time goals leader is Romelu Lukaku, and this just sums up Everton. Number two, Duncan Ferguson, center back. Tim Cahill, center back. Leon Osman, number five. <laughs> he just—they are such a defensive-minded club, too. You know, Moyes was there for so long. Duncan Ferguson um, wasn't a center back. What are we talking about? Whatever. I just think of him as like a no. super defensive player. All right. So the old big. No, know, he's a number. He's a proper big number. Yeah, the 11. Scotland yeah. Yeah, bully guy. Either way, my point is they still have like a Brandon handful. Brandon rewriting of def- history on this show. No, they still have a handful <laughs> of defenders. I'm not going to get into it too much. But what I was trying to say is like Carlo Ancelotti coming to this club post Moyes, right? They really haven't found their footing. 
You know, they've tried a couple of different things with Roberto Martinez. Um, I don't even remember. Maybe he Silva. was the last manager. No, what? Marco Silva was the last. Uh, you know, so they, they've been trying to find kind of a new identity post Moyes. Uh, kind of like Manchester United, also trying to find an identity post Moyes. <laughs> but they've been re- trying really hard to become this more free-flowing attacking team. Um, and I think the club are, are trying to change their path. Obviously, Carlo Ancelotti coming in, there's few managers that are more attacking and free-flowing than him. And so I think they're still in the midst of a project of trying to like define the right player. And I think that's why they're struggling to maybe be consistent or find you know, their, their balance in the team is because there's, it's still a project. So why are you, uh, making David Moyes, uh, Spanish, uh, he, David Moyes, uh, is, he's a Scottish bloke. Uh, it, it just shows to me, Brandon, that it is incredibly hard to break into the top six, right? You've had clubs go on a couple season runs, you know, wolves have been there, they're about have spent a bunch of money, haven't quite gotten there. Uh, Everton, kind of similarly. You've had periods uh, that, you know, other teams have, have given it a run, but it's, you know, they're just not quite there. Everton's kind of a, that's that was their story under Moyes too, right? Like they would play okay for a minute. They would be really, they'd be, they beat Manchester United, they beat Chelsea, and then they'd lose to Burnley. And you're like, well, man, if you guys can't beat Burnley, you're never going to break in the top four. Uh, you know, Tottenham, small club, have tried to break into the top four for years uh, and just hasn't really worked. So uh, I I think it just shows, like, you have to give Carlo time if you're Everton because who the hell else are you going to get who's better than Carlo? Nobody. But it's going to take them time. They're going to be moving into a new stadium soon. They're, they have They have momentum as a club, but they – are in the midst of a really tough year. If you get injuries in a year like this and you don't have Chelsea's depth, it's going to be real challenging for you. Well, as some of their characteristics are they're really good at, you know, finishing when they get them to dance point early though. They just don't create a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're good at their aerial duels. So that's something that, you know, Chelsea aren't usually as good at. So we have to be careful on set pieces. Um, it says some of their weaknesses are stopping opponents from creating chances. So this could be a really good opportunity for us and our style to create a lot of chances. Hopefully we can be clinical. And then they also say they struggle defending against attacks down the wing. So I expect huge days from Chili B and Reese James because they are just so, so good. But all right, enough about Everton. It is time to move over to Chelsea real quick and then our predictions. So we're going to take a quick break when we're back, though. Again, who's going to play for Chelsea? Uh, our predictions of starting 11s, the score, three reasons why, we got it all coming. So thank you to the sponsors for supporting the show. We'll be right back. Are you looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers for this holiday season? Look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Now, they've sent us a ton of products, but a few are going to make your list of the best stocking stuffers for the holiday season. The Crop Preserver, it's a ball deodorant. Name speaks for itself. Think you get the point. The Crop Reviver, a spray-on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven with aloe vera and hazel extracts. The Crop Cleanser, a body wash, a full body wash that you can also use on your hair. Crop Mop, ball wipes, you never know 
When an opportunity strikes, you should always be prepared. Foot Doster Foot Deodorant, designed to keep the stankiest, that's right, stankiest, feet smelling fresh. Shears 2.0, a luxury four-piece nail kit. The Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, which provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs. And let's not forget about the Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer. We've talked about this one before. Ceramic blades, advanced skin-safe technology, no accidents. You don't want any of that. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So you know the products are legit. Get 20% off, plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code LONDONISBLUE. Whether this is for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something that they will actually use, and it's almost sure to get a laugh. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code LONDONISBLUE. Be the ballsiest gift giver ever this year with Manscaped. sports had a break your business didn't you have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever indeed is here to help indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because indeed gets you the best people fast unlike other sites indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring you only pay for what you need you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts plus indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com forward slash podcast. This is their best available offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com forward slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. All right, over to Chelsea side. So we did get a little bit of an update, Nick. Uh, No new injuries, which is good, but we still have the two existing injuries, don't we? No new friends. Um, uh, yeah, Cho and Ziesh out for another two weeks ish. You know, you it's don't, like a rolling update. Yeah, you don't really know with those types of injuries. That's a. It was interesting that Lampard gave a time period at all because, you know, I I didn't know that Callum was hurt. Was maybe I missed that at some point. Maybe he was training or something. It was uh, the uh, hamstring issue in training that prevented yep. him from starting against Krasnodar, which now puts him out of contention for this weekend's match. So there's that. And then Pulisic apparently felt his hamstring um, after Leeds, which is exactly where you want to be <laughs> if you're Chelsea Football Club. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know. We all knew that this was going to be a difficult period. If you could make it through this relatively unscathed from an injury perspective, this crazy December and into January, it would be a miracle. Um, clearly, Everton have had some issues, and they're go- they have issues currently. But uh, yeah, it would it would seem like we should have most of our pieces available, which is good. Just kind of see how the front couple work. We had a good amount of rest, I think. Dan, you know, in Krasnodar, a lot of changes that were made. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, and it was obviously a home match. So thankfully, didn't have to go to Russian back this time. Which, anytime you don't have to go to Russian back midweek is is a big win. 
you know, the only travel we have to do is to go up uh, up to the Liverpool area. So if you want to start us off with your predictions for the lineup, and again, I think we should say this is the, the lineup prediction that you want to see in order to beat Everton. So maybe talk through why you think this is the right setup uh, to face a struggling Everton side. Well, when you take out Ziyech and Kalamazin Adoy, it kind of helps create and craft that front three for you. But I don't think there's going to be any disagreement that the back five, the winning back five, is going to be changed at this point. It's Mendy, Mendy James, Mende. Silva, Mendy. Mendy. Uh, James, Silva, Zuma, Chilwell, Conte, Mount. I think Havertz ends up playing from what the comments were from Lampard about Havertz being a player that needs to play to get into a groove and to find himself. And then I think Pulisic, Giroud, and Werner start as the front three. Just That that seems like it's going to make the most sense to me in terms of the... I'm the only pivot potentially nick is maybe if you want to put kovacic in there maybe instead of having you know if you're worried about Pulisic's injury and kind of aggravating himself you'd rather him be a super sub maybe put kai on the right wing that's the only other thing that i think could potentially happen otherwise i would expect lampard to roll this lineup out yeah i i so i had um pretty much the lineup that you had but i i opted uh for a little bit more of a defensive midfield with uh, you know, back five intact, Conte, Kovacic, Mount as the 10. And then I had Pulisic, Giroud, and Werner. Now, I think your point about, you know, Pulisic potentially feeling his hamstring, do you, do you just rest him and, and hope that he can play every other week at this point? I, I don't know. If, if Pulisic is out, I opt for Havertz on the wing and Werner back on the left. So I would have, in, in my lineup, I'd have Pulisic on the left, Werner on the right, Giroud in the middle. That would seem like a really good lineup. But uh, if Pulisic cannot play, Brandon, I go uh, with Werner on the left, Giroud in the middle, and Havertz on the right. Is it as easy for me to just say the usual at this point? <laughs> See, the usual has changed a little bit, though, because Ziyech would be in the usual. Yeah, I mean, probably, right? I think... Yes, no, it, he would. Yes. Hey. All right, you, you turns keep out he's your quite own good. usual side of the street. All right, we got we got my usual over here. See, this is when you pick on me again. Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> we are so sorry, Dan. Oh my gosh. We know Just... it's a four three three. We know who the back five are. Set, done, check, easy. Obviously, Avert's coming back from his illness. You know, to you guys' point, there's a little bit of can he go again? Does he need some rest? Is this the right match for him? Because he is a special type of player you know, that likes to operate with space. Um, he's learning to play quicker, so he gets, you know, off the ball sooner. He's getting caught in possession a little bit right now. Um, so Angola Conte, Mason out, done, locked in. So like you said, if you're able to, I think against, uh, you know, Everton, you you want to kind of match them because they have James in front of Ducore and um, Allen, right? So they're in, in more of a defensive setup from the beginning, so that way their front four can go attack. So if you can put a creative attacker up front, ideally that that is what you do. And so, again, I, I would love to see Averts in there so he can unlock that defense and find those passes. Uh, you know, and from there, you you got to play Pulisic, but it scares the hell out of me. You know, I've been there where I feel my hamstring. Right, it's tightened. You're just your range of motion isn't there. You know that it it needs some love in, in TLC. So he's had a few days to get the massages, 
I'm sure he's been foam rolling, using the Theraguns, you know, trying to loosen it up. But at the end of the day, what he has to do on the pitch is so demanding. What are we? What are we trying to get sponsored by Theragun here? What are we? What are we name dropping? Would love treatments? it. I think you all know I have one, so would would love that official <sighs> recovery sponsor of the podcast because we pod so much, we need help recovering. Um. You know, so I, I'm just worried, right? And we we know he's injury, soft muscle injury prone already. Why why risk it? But if you don't go him, it changes your entire lineup. Not having a pool of six Ziesh and 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 uh, Cho, it kind of smashes it. So I'm gonna pull pool of six. I'm gonna play Werner Tammy Giroux. No, I'm kidding. You can't do that. But this is the pickle. You, this is the pick you get into. I'm saying. So you're back to having Mount go out on the out on the wing. And it imbalances your midfield. So I essentially have to put Mount out on the wing because I don't want to risk Pulisic. You can have Tammy and Werner with him. Um, and you've got a Kovacic, Averts, and N'Golo Kante midfield. I was thinking, too, there, there's another wing scenario that could happen. If you're, like if a Marcos? You're con- <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, no. Uh, that, that one, that ship has sailed. Um, I, I used to have a friend who's... Uh, always joked around that that train has sailed. Uh, anyway, that is stupid. Um, the, the, yep. the, the other the wing scenario would be, uh, as Pilaqueta at right back and Reese James at right wing, that could happen. No, I, I think the other, the, so if you want to ooh, talk about like, just very bully, you just told him no. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, uh, you know, Andrew played really well. I think Frank mentioned that he is going to get opportunities to participate. And, you know, if there is an injury concern, I, you, you also wouldn't potentially be surprised to see him as a bench player in this match. You know, just like you might not be surprised if a Billy Gilmore is on the bench, um, you know, particularly if like if Kovacic were to start with Conte and if Havertz plays further forward, then you would see someone like maybe Billy comes in and spells Conte or Kovacic later in the match too. I would fully expect him because you've had Emerson and Alonzo on the bench. Like you don't need two left backs. So I, I, I do. I think you could absolutely see Billy. I think that was his spot. We just didn't have enough people healthy. So Frank just kind of put whoever's in. I think I need to, I need to mast my, my striker pick to the flag post though. I am going Giroux uh, over Tammy is my starter. Um, to me, I mean, it makes sense. It's the rotation that has been reestablished. Right? Yep. And, and again, with Everton, right, um, they sit in a little bit. It gives you that target presence. He's going to look to lay off the ball. Um, but again, he's just in such fine form. Mm-hmm. I don't like how you guys picked him, and I just want to make sure that, like, I, I, you know, I got a little loose He wanted there. to go on record. Yeah. All right, Everton players we should be afraid of. Uh, they, to be fair, they have a few. I like that we all have someone different. I definitely took the low-hanging fruit with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You know, their striker with 50 and a half percent of the goals. Like, duh, be, be wary. Dan, I, I do like and respect your pick as well because he's very shifty. He's very tricky. And somehow he's a Brazilian that is perfect for the Premier League because he gets stuck in. Well, I think Richarlison is definitely someone we should be concerned about, especially if we do put eyes and focus on Calvert-Lewin someone else is going to have to step up and maybe gets the extra step, maybe finds himself in a one-on-one situation where Charleston can be damaging from that area. And, you know, is the second in the team for assists right now, actually first, if you consider Dine out and not playing in this match. And he has the second largest number of biggest chances created for this Everton side after Calvert-Lewin. So, 
you know, it hasn't come off for him in terms of goals this season yet, but that just means that he's ripe for an opportunity here. I mean, Nick, he does tend to pop up in dangerous places, but again, you kind of bucking the trend of who the most attacking player is and opting to go with someone else to disrupt Chelsea. That is right. Um, uh, first of all, I'm not as worried about Calvert-Lewin in this one because I think when we've played bigger target strikers this year, Zuma and uh, Silva are more than happy to deal with that kind of a thing. It's the ones that get behind us that I'm a little more worried about. Um, so just throwing that out there. Richarlison does bug me, um, and he annoys the hell out of me uh, to watch. But my guy is a different guy. He's a guy that I used to admire at Watford, and he's a guy that I still admire today, and that is one of my favorite names in world football, Abdullah Decore. Incredible name. Uh, good stuff from, from my guy Decore. Uh, he is the deep-lying midfielder for Everton. He is a larger, less mobile version of N'Golo Kante, and he can also score goals. Uh, he disrupts. Uh, he gets forward. He is a true box-to-box player. Um, I've admired him for some time, and I, I do like a defensive midfielder, as everyone knows. So uh, he's he's going to be interesting to watch. So depending on who our number ten is, or who our eights are, whoever you know, kind of which system we end up playing, he's going to have to probably man mark one of those guys. And if it's Havertz, that might be a little bit easier on current form than than a Mason Mount, who I think has been dynamic this season and and just killing it all over the field. So it will be interesting to see kind of where he plays if he truly does sit in front of you know, a struggling center back like Yuri Mina, kind of like Hoybier did in the Spurs match where he was basically a, a third center back just sitting there. Uh, or if he does try and get forward and try and score because he, he can score. It's just I don't think they're going to want to break out of that shell too much. So um, a, a weird pick, I know, but a guy that I admire and I wanted to shout out. Funny that none of us said James Rodriguez, even though he is highly talented. I would have at the beginning of the season. He looked crazy good, but I think most people have figured out that he cuts in on his left. Yeah, right. It's almost like we saw him announce himself on the scene in the World Cup with a smashing left foot volley. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, anyway, just just calling out, I'm sure we're probably going to get laughed at a little bit on that one, but you got to get us involved with us on social media if you want us to banter back. Um, If we look at the reasons why Chelsea will win on the weekend, um, look, I put our defense. We, we know we can create chances. We know we can score goals. As long as our defense does their part of, of the job, I think we will win. Absolutely. If we shut teams out, Chelsea's good for at least one goal. Um, Dan, what about you? I actually think we're... So we're actually better than at least one goal. You know, we averaging uh, 2.2, almost 2.3 goals a match right now. And so Chelsea has... You know, superior firepower compared to Everton, uh, who have now fallen below averaging two goals a match, and they have scored in bunches as well. Um, so, and have not been good at scoring in recent matches. And so, in general, I actually think, you know, when you think about getting a chance to take a shot at distance from Pickford, someone like Mason maybe takes a fun pop and sees what happens from mid-range. Maybe N'Golo Conte just tries something ambitious. Maybe Havertz gives one a go from distance. You know, I, I think our 
this is the type of game where maybe even a team of Werner who's had some <laughs> unlucky moments and from a goal mm-hmm. recently just takes a speculative shot and gets his groove back against, you know, what a, a keeper that gives us flashbacks to what it was like to have a keeper in goal that uh, doesn't know how to stop shots at a Premier League level. Hmm. Interesting throwback. Uh, my, I think maybe my favorite goal of the season was was our third goal uh, against Leeds last week. I was fired up. I love a good counterattack goal. It was clinical. Uh, it was quick. It was lethal. If you are able to suck Everton out of their shell, you know if they if you're able to convince them that they might be able to have a shot on goal, and then you counter the hell out of them. Whether that's off a set piece or you just you know are able to intercept the ball and move it forward like we did last week, that's the uh, that's the sweet stuff for me. So I would say that we're going to win because we're going to counter them, and uh, I think they're going to try and play. I think they're going to try and play. They have to score a goal. Like the onus is on them to score at home, right? Like, so I want to counter and I want it to be as lethal as it was last week. Yeah, the pressure is definitely mounting on them. You know, mm-hmm. I believe. They're going to have fans at the match. Mm-hmm. The game plan aims to make sure fans attending the close fixture of Chelsea this weekend and all future home games throughout the season are away. Yeah. So I think, I don't know what the capacity is, but there, there's going to be some fans there. So again, if, if you know we get an early goal, you could just see the fans. They're probably not going to turn on everything because they're just so happy to be back at the beginning. But don't let... Don't be confused that these fans are going to say, hey, you know what? This terrible run we're on, you know, one match in whatever it was in the last seven, like it's not good enough. I, I, it was so funny. Like the, the call-ins at the beginning of the season, I was Everton's title to lose. Uh, well, lost. Now what are you going to do? All right, you're on a terrible slump. The, the matches are coming thick and fast. Everton have to get something. So I also think there's pressure on them, right, to come out of their shell already, Nick, and and try to show that they can do something against the Chelsea side. And it's, that just plays into our hands. No, I mean, you made the point, right? They're going to be fired up to play in front of their fans. They're going to be they, – the pressure is actually on them in this match, not on us, mm-hmm. um, especially after the way that we've been performing recently. So – uh, that's why I, I think we're just primed. I think we're primed for a couple of sucker punch counters. And then and then once you have the goals, then they have to come out of their shell even more, right? They're not just going to do the Antonio Conte thing at Man City and just take the beating as it comes. Like, they're probably going to come out and make make sure they try and get one. So it could, it could be one of those that's pretty ugly by the end, uh, even if it doesn't feel like that, um, just because of the way that they're going to have to approach the match. All right. Well, how about we talk about how Chelsea might drop points? My favorite part. All right. <laughs> I, look, I said our defense again. I think it's it's win-lose from the back, right? If our defense gets beat on set pieces, if we fall asleep, if we get mm-hmm. imbalanced, like Everton have the weapons to punish us. We just have to play disciplined football. So, again, um, you guys know where I will be focused. Uh, Nick... We create a lot of chances, but you're not worried about the creation. No, and I'm not really worried about the defense right now. I feel like the defense has been been doing that its part for the most part. I'm worried about our lack of finishing. I, I really am. I think it's been pretty sloppy uh, as of recent, and that's not just Timo. That's, that's I think, across the board. Um, so I, I think if Chelsea do not take their chances, you know, that's obviously not a recipe for success, Dan. 
I think that makes a lot of sense. I am probably more in line, though, with Brandon's assessment that it's probably actually it's going to be something wonky. Like, I actually think our defense is pretty settled at the moment. Our attack is good. And whether it's a header from Zuma, whether it's Timo at the end of it all, whether it's, you know, the Pulisic, whether it's Reese serving up Drew, we're going to find a way to score goals. And I actually think we probably will have an easy time given how porous the Everton defense has been and just how much of them or how many of those players are not the primary starter that they do have a little bit of rotation there due to injury. Uh, I do think it will be something wonky, like a set piece goal where maybe they just out muscle. We lose a man in the box and, you know, Luke Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison gets a little bit higher than whomever is marking them. Maybe Conte ends up marking one of them and it just gets free. And uh, there you go. You got your goal. You calling him short, huh? Is this a short joke? We're doing short jokes here. I'm just saying that he is not as tall as those two gentlemen. (laughs) I remember when Marcos Alonso was required to play because of his height in defending set pieces. Not anymore. Turns out if you just attack the ball and are aggressive, you can win set-piece duels. You, hmm. you have Thiago Silva winning set-piece duels. And you know, he's just over six, right? He's like 6-1 maybe. That's my, that's, that's my point. I know. I agree with I'm you. underlining it for you. Yeah. It's, it's just funny how it was like so crucial. Obviously, Mourinho had talked about that. Hey, I have to have at least five tall players to defend set-pieces. That's why you always had a Nemanja Matic or someone of that elk, ilk in, uh, in the lineup. So, All right, uh, let's go ahead and top this off with the charity. Eight hey, score predictions. Uh, Dan, I'm just going to let you light this on fire. Go for it. <laughs> I think that we will win handedly, and I think it's going to be a 3-0 victory to Chelsea. Oh, away from home, too? So the, the numbers in recent years do not back up the – overwhelming confidence i have uh actually our friend good friend liam Toomey put together a piece <laughs> uh which will probably not make you feel really great but it was talking about since 2003 2004 there we played 17 games at goodison park our record is seven one uh three draws and then seven lost for an average of 1.4 points a game yep yep we struggle at goodison that uh, we do uh and it's why i think this is while it has the potential for us to do what Dan wants us to do, um, well, what we all want us to do, but what Dan's predicting we'll do, I think it's going to be a one to two Chelsea win. I'm still predicting a win, but no clean sheet. And I don't know if that if that goal from them is going to come as a consolation at the end or if it's going to be their opener and then we claw it back or what it's going to be. But um, yeah, I, I think we'll win but it may be a little closer than what Dan wants. Well, I'm going one nothing to the better-looking blues. I, what, what color kit do you think we're going to wear? Pink, for sure, baby. We're back. I am excited. Don't, and first of all, can I just say this again? I said it on Twitter. Oh, God. People picked Sorry it up. for opening this box. <laughs> I get it. People don't like the pink kit. I love it, and I frankly look great in it. And I think, you know, if you can pull off pink, you can pull off anything. Uh, the people who are out there going, oh, I'm going to prank myself if X scores a goal or whatever. I'll have to buy this. You're buying it because you fucking like it. You don't, it like, <laughs> you're not going to spend $198 <laughs> on something you hate and you're never going to wear. You're an idiot. Stop doing that. I hate that. Hey, you do it for the uh, the Twitter popularity. Do it for the gram. Ugh. That's my impression of you. <laughs> 
yeah, they're probably not going to wear light blue against royal blue. So, no. but I mean, pink. there's blue in the third too. Yeah, but the shorts are pink. You got to think about the shorts. What color are the short? Is the is the away kit all one color? I feel like we've never we've like barely seen the away kit strip. Is it all light blue? This is a shame because actually it's a, a night. It's a sharp kit. So it's the pink one. <laughs> what we, I'm what frantically it, googling. Yeah. The, well, the, this what, makes for great radio slash uh, they, So yeah, yeah, light light blue shorts and the navy socks. Got it. Well, Done. Nailed well, it. No, the uh, well, what I'm saying is you can't have the a similar colored short to the opponents because Everton will have white. So you want you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap us up for this match preview. Uh, I hope you get to enjoy this uh, with some friends virtually. Um, If you're looking for a community, we have a Discord and a Mm. Match Day Madness thread, and they are a hoot. Boy, do they hate me in there. I highly highly recommend my friends in there. If you want to come Uh, slander, just come slander (laughs) me. I welcome it. Bring it. Opinions uh, of all It's it's more liable because it's, uh, it's written, not slander. Legal, legal, got him. Zing, 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 zing. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's go libel Nick in the Discord. uh, Join through Patreon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyways, it's going to wrap us up. Uh, Isn't it late kickoff, too, again? Two o'clock. Two o'clock central. It feels so weird. It feels so ugly and gross. It's it's dark outside by the time it's over. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Dan, you won't have to feel bad about drinking it at noon. Instead of 6 a.m. Hey, congrats, Dan. Another late kickoff for you. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let us know what your score predictions, line of predictions are, uh, social media or Discord. Anyways, that's going to wrap us up. Chess fans, big week next week. Make sure to catch the game and tune in to us on Monday with everything covered. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.